0: Train hard, live strong. Family, what's going on, everyone? This is Coach Matt, your host and owner of Athletic Beans Training and Apparel. And today, we have an amazing guest speaker. And I cannot wait for you all to dive in this episode. It's so valuable, so knowledge-based, super educational, very motivational, too. Like, you're going to be wanting to go to the gym right now and just freaking go all out. But before I introduce an amazing guest speaker today... If you right now are struggling with finding amazing workouts that you want to do, you know, if you travel or if you're going to see family or you're, you know, doing this and that, you don't have access to a gym, or you don't have you don't want to go to the gym because of COVID or whatever the case may be, elitehitperformance.com has amazing workouts, right? It's a membership-based portal for you to go in and try any of these high-intensive interval training workouts. We have 30-minute, 20-minute, 10-minute, and five-minute HIT workouts. You can literally customize your own hit workout and do, you know, two, five minutes back to back and then add it with a 20-minute hit and then a 30-minute hit. You can seriously get some crazy results by just knocking out 10 minute, 20 minute hit workouts every single day for the next five freaking days. Okay, you can check out the testimonials there as well. EliteHitPerformance.com. There's also a group inside the membership site where you're gonna be put inside of a group of amazing people who are also driven and hustling for the same thing wanting to freaking achieve some amazing physique goals. And if you leave a nice little five-star review for this podcast, y'all, it really helps other people around the world find this podcast that much easier. And it also gives me amazing feedback for us to improve this podcast to make it the best fitness and health podcast in the entire freaking world in podcast history. And on top of that, hydration is key, y'all. Hydration is key to health, performance, all the amazing things that come with inside your body. Water is very crucial to your body. It is essential and if you are having trouble staying hydrated, maybe you don't pay attention to how much water you drink, liquidiv.com has these nice little packets you can just throw inside of a water bottle, a 16-ounce water bottle, and it's, it's equivalent to drinking three to four water bottles in that moment. They also have immunity, energy, they got tons of crazy stuff, and guess what? If you use promo code TRAINHARD, I'll save you 25% off your purchase, liquidiv.com. Go ahead, and check it out. So now... Let's talk about the guest speaker today, y'all. Oh my gosh, amazing dude, an amazing coach. 22 professional wins in bodybuilding, okay? Cash Gidry, an amazing dude. If you wanna check out his Instagram, he has amazing stuff. He talks a lot about all the amazing things to get you freaking like building some mean muscle, getting shredded, looking great for stage day, you know, all these amazing things. He also makes sure that you're doing everything right and you're taking the time, being patient with the progress, okay, with the process. And it's crucial to understand that specifically. A lot of people who compete, they just go all out and they do a bunch of crazy stuff and they basically borderline kill themselves just to get on stage and look phenomenal. This amazing coach knows what he's talking about. If you go to his Instagram, Cash Guidry, okay, K-A-S-H-G-U-I-D-R-Y on Instagram, you can check out all the amazing things that he puts out all the time, every single day. He also has his own podcast, just results. I highly recommend it. All the links are down in the show notes below for this podcast
1: episode. But ladies and gentlemen, let's introduce Cash Gidry. Focus on progress. Don't be don't be focused on the finish line. Each that's why tell people I said, look. Some weeks, you're not going to have a whole lot of progress, but then the next week, you will. Then the next week, you start stacking successful week on top of successful week on top of successful week. You get two, three months in, you look back, you're like, holy shit, look how far I've come.
0: Hey, everyone. Coach Matt here, and you're listening to the Train Hard Live Strong Podcast, where we bring on the top fitness pros top fitness influencers motivational speakers and people who have gone through dramatic transformations and we're all here to inspire you to believe in yourself if you have not yet go ahead and check out our website trainhardliftstrongcom you can see all the new upcoming guest speakers and all the amazing things coming your way welcome to another life-changing episode Gentlemen, welcome back to another episode here on the Train Hard Live Shop podcast. I'm your host, Coach Matt. Today, I got an amazing
1: guest speaker. Today, Cash Gidry. Hey, how you doing, Cash? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing great, man. Happy to be here. It's an honor to be here on your show. Thank like you. You brought me in, and uh, as I was saying a few minutes ago, it's for me. It's really uh, it's cool to be on this side of it. You know, me having my own podcast, I'm always interviewing people, so mm-hmm. it is kind of cool to be. On this side of the uh, this side of the table, sort of yeah,
0: and it's pretty cool because you just get to chill and like talk and just answer questions. Exactly, just come and just leave. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) All right, man. So uh, I found you. Uh, Cause I was just going through Instagram and mm-hmm. and I saw you and I was going through your page, man. Everything you're doing is like is incredible. Like the stuff you do and how you're a contest prep coach mm-hmm. and all the amazing stuff that you've done. And then I hopped onto your podcast to listen to it. Yes. And I heard your transformation story and all that stuff. So for everyone listening, man, that doesn't know who you are, our current listeners, future listeners, like, can you give like a nice little background story and just how you became who you are today?
1: Absolutely. My my situation is probably a little different than most. Because the the era that I came into the sport, and you know I've been very blessed, very fortunate to work with at this stage in my career. I've been I've been working with clients for seven. This is my seventeenth year, and if I was just to put that into numbers, the number is anywhere from about six to seven thousand people I've worked with in that amount of time. And uh, like I said, been very blessed, very fortunate to be able to do that. But I would say, you know, a lot of the people I've worked with, and I've worked with every type of person, every type of background mm-hmm. from over 50 different countries across the world. That's awesome. And everyone has their own story, how they got into the sport. My situation is definitely unique because I want—I knew what I wanted to do my whole life. Mm-hmm. Like, since I was eight years old, as I've said on my Transformation podcast, when I was eight, I knew I wanted to be a bodybuilder. and. The the it's a silly story, but I remember it was the reason why I say since I was eight, it was actually on my eighth birthday. We uh, back in that time, you know, growing up in the 80s into the early 90s as a little kid, we had a uh, WWF wrestling was huge. Right. You know, that's back in the Hulk Hogan days, the ultimate warrior for those the young audience out there. <laughs> a lot of people probably you don't know who they are, but the legends of the sport. Uh-huh. And I had a WWF birthday party. All my buddies came over. And I remember one of the toys I got was this action figure, like about a foot tall of the ultimate warrior. And he's actually an ex bodybuilder. Yeah. Yeah. And you know how they make action figures. They blow them up even crazier. (laughs) And I just couldn't, I was so fascinated by how this little thing looked and I couldn't put it down. And I remember my dad, I mean, he's from the old school. He was like, son, I didn't raise you to walk around with a Barbie doll. And I'm like, it's not a Barbie doll. It's an action figure. I like the way this little dude looks. And he's like, he looked at it and he's like, yeah, that's called being a bodybuilder. And that's when I was like, a bodybuilder. But then he had told me, well, look, son, you're not working out till you're 14 years old, which kind of pissed me off because right. I'm like, damn it. Like, I got to wait six years to freaking train and all. And I never forget when I was first able to start working out, I just fell in love with it. I, my body developed pretty quickly. You know, I always had decent genetics for size and strength. I mean, I was, I mean, just to throw it out there, like I was... 180 pounds in, in the sixth grade. Oh, you know, as dang. A, once I got into bodybuilding and started working out, I was 250 as a sophomore at the same height I am now. Jeez. You know, so I put on size pretty quickly and I knew I had the genetics and the potential to do this and I loved I just loved it. I mean, growing up watching Stallone in the movies yeah. and Schwarzenegger and all of them, you know, so the problem is I had no fucking clue on how to bodybuild whatsoever. Right. I had no idea. And yeah, I think this is a time. You know, this is like the late '90s. There was no social media. There really, the internet With wasn't nothing. even wasn't even a fraction of what it is now. So right. it's like, where do I go to learn how to be a bodybuilder? Yeah. Other than the magazines I was getting once a month, Flex Magazine, Muscle and Fitness, most mostly. Mm-hmm. And I just kept looking at these guys. I'm like, man, I want to look like this. It, w- it was almost like it was an untapped, underground, secret world, Okay. Like right. like, because back then. You didn't have pros walking around. Uh All you had was bodybuilding, and they only turned, I think, nine pro bodybuilders a year pro. Oh, wow. So was there a limit? Well, it was just the way it worked. You had to win the overall at the USA. So one guy got okay. it. You had to win the overall at North American, so that's two guys. Okay, and you had to win your class at the nationals. So you had six weight classes. So that's basically eight guys. Yeah. So when you met an IFBB pro, it was like meeting a Hollywood actress or actor. Like You're it like, was oh, very damn. rare. Yeah. Where today you got thousands. Right. I mean, you know, they got, social media. Yeah. Every year, I think they turn over uh, well over a thousand pros a year. So right. so it was different. You you didn't and growing up in Louisiana like I did. You know, it wasn't a lot of resources, so I, I I did a lot of trial and error on my own, developed, but was nowhere close of what I I needed to what I needed to look like. Right, and I knew, and just from older people that I would see in the gym talking to me, like, "Man, you got you got to get out to California. You gotta you gotta you gotta get out of Louisiana." And I knew I had to get out. Mm-hmm. So I was 18 years old, and I got this flyer that had Kevin LaVrone and Gunter Schlerkamp, who were two really really popular bodybuilders at that time. They're going to be at a show in Houston. Oh, nice. So I said, man, I said, you know what? It's only five hours. I'm going to go and drive and go check it out, <laughs> go see these dudes. And when I got to Houston, you know, I saw this backdrop. You know, I had 24 hour fitness sponsored the show. And I'm like, man, is that like a real thing? Like, because back in Louisiana, the gyms didn't open until six o'clock in the morning. Oh, wow. So you couldn't go there at 4 a.m., 5 a.m. to do cardio. So I went to the gym and I saw they had trainers on staff. And I'm like, man. And I saw how big Houston was compared to you know, back in South Louisiana. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I got to come out here. So five weeks later, I packed up everything on my own, moved out here to, Mm -hmm. uh, to Texas. And really that's kind of how it all started for me. I mean, obviously my bodybuilding career was number one. My dream was to become Mr. Olympia. I wanted to get on Olympia stage and I knew it was going to take time to do that. But my, my passion was always helping people, you know, working with clients from all different backgrounds, walks of life, and so at basically 18, 19, I was off and running, working with clients, and it was always a second, like like I said, everything I did, I mean, I cared about my clients, I, I brought them results, but it was always, I was the focal point, because I'm, it's a stepping stone how to get, to become a pro bodybuilder and make it to the top, well, I had, you know, I ended up meeting, I ended up getting with a mentor that took me under his wing, it was just a long process over yeah. the next couple of years, and truly, it all came to an end at, you know, basically 22, 23 years old where I end up had, uh, being diagnosed with kidney disease. See, I saw yeah. that. I saw yeah. That. Yeah. Trying to, make a, trying to make a long story short. No, like, right ahead. Yeah. That, you know, I had success bodybuilding. My physique really started to blow up. I was, I was looked at as one of the top amateurs in the entire sport. And the other guy who at the time was, he was better than what I was. Uh-huh. He lived in Atlanta, Georgia, and I ended up moving out there to train with him. So it was the two of us get in preparation for the Nationals to get our pro cards. And like I said, we were 22 years old. We were kids looking yeah, back. Like That's crazy. And I was weighing, I think, about 280 pounds at six weeks out. Dude, you were a damn near 300 pounds. Yeah. I was supposed to come in about 250 at that show. I'd taken the whole year off before to put on size. Jeez. And at uh, about five weeks out is when started having some effects that take started to take place. I knew it just wasn't. Something wasn't wasn't, something wasn't right. And I did a couple different tests, backed off my training and then ended up getting a kidney biopsy done. And uh, basically the results came back a week later and they had said, look, you're going to be fine. You just have to make some changes with your life. And I was just like, well what are those changes? And I remember the doctor had said, well, just a few things. And she said, if you do all these things, you should better live a long life. Mm. And she said, you know, number one, I need you to cut your training intensity in half. Because at that time, I mean, we were training. I mean, I was routinely back squatting 600 pounds for reps, you know, leg pressing anywhere from 1,500 to 1,890 pounds. I mean, back days, we were one-on-rowing 275 dumbbells. I mean, we were just picking up houses, so to speak. (laughs) And my body, I mean, my body was hurting from it. My back, I mean, I was feeling it every day. So she's like, you need to cut your training intensity in half because that's putting a strain on your kidneys, believe it or not. She said, I also need you to cut your protein intake in half. Right there, I'm like alarmed. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I got to train half throttle. and then- I got to cut my protein in half. Wait a minute. How? And then she goes, oh, one more thing. She oh goes, you need to. Uh, I need you off all supplementation. And then I said, well, well, wait a minute. Well, for how long? And she's like, well, forever. She's like, oh, my. I said, well, how does bodybuilding fit into that? And she's like, well, it doesn't. Because I'm not here to tell you you're going to be able to compete again. I'm here to tell you you're, be- you're able to live a long life and be yeah. healthy. You're just going to have to pick a new career. Right, right. And, I mean, I just remember, man, like what that did to me. I mean, like you got to think, since I was eight years old. I can only imagine. You know, and here I am, you know, literally, you know, 15, 16 years later, hearing news like this gave up my whole life, man. I mean, you know, when I became 17, 18, I, I didn't drink alcohol until I stopped competing. Like, from 17 years old, you could ask any of my close friends, like, people would have parties. I wouldn't even show up, man. I wouldn't show up. My life was, I like, I burned the ships, like I talk about on, like a lot of people talk about. And it was like, I'm either going to make it in bodybuilding or I'm going to end up in a dumpster. Like, there is no plan B. I didn't have a secondary plan. It wasn't like, well, if I I can't make it in a sport, well, I'm going to go, like, sell cars. No, that was never even a thought in my head. When people would ask me, like well, what are you going to do if you don't make it? I'm like, I'm going to make it. Yeah. There is. Yeah, there, there you go. Like, I, there is no, op, there, like, like, and I knew in my ability, like, with my genetics and my look, I'm like, I know I'm going to make it, but I had, I was realistic with my time frame. Like, I knew, It was know, a was process. A, it was a process. Yeah, absolutely. When, when I got into the sport, you know, my mentor told me, he's like, you know, it takes 10 years to build a pro bodybuilder physique even if you have the genetics. Mm-hmm. So I knew, like, at 18 years old, I'm like, okay, well, that means by 28 I should be a pro. If not, maybe a little sooner. Okay. So I knew this was a marathon of marathons. But when you get told news that you're never going to compete again, well, now, like, what the fuck am I going to do for the rest yeah. of my life? I mean, I remember even telling my parents. Because there's no plan B. It, there's no plan B. I had no plan B. And, I, and, you know, and I was just thinking, I'm like, the one thing I never wanted to ever do was go back home. Because that would mean, like, my tail between my legs, I failed. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. So, like I said, at that time, I was living in Atlanta, and uh, I just remember the only other thing that I was really passionate about, I love sports of all kinds, and I love broadcasting. So I was doing broadcasting <laughs> school. So cool. Yeah, I was in broadcasting <laughs> school. And at that point, when I got told that news, it was crazy. It was like a shift. I, I, tr- I guess I tried to lie to myself. I'm like... I don't want to see another health and fitness magazine. I don't want to see another bodybuilding show. Mm-hmm. I'm done. I don't even want, I don't, don't even talk to me about bodybuilding. Wow. I'm done because all it's going to do is remind me of what I cannot have anymore. Right. So funny story. So I'm in broadcasting school. Well, now it's like the next spring and we are like three weeks from graduation. And in Atlanta, like at that time, the bodybuilding community was pretty small. And there was this one guy named Jay Hammett who was promoting the shows. I'd met him the year before. Mm-hmm at a bodybuilding show. So I'm um, three weeks before graduation. I got my, I'm editing uh, sports. I'm editing like a basketball highlight reel. And our teacher comes in the room and as me and five other students in there, and we're all got our headsets on locked in. <laughs> and I hear him saying like, he opens the door. He's like, yeah, cash already landed his first gig. Because they all knew I was an bo- ex bodybuilder. Because yeah, right. I still was pretty big at that time, even though I haven't been bodybuilding. So were you still lifting though? You were still. I was working out, but no, nothing Nowhere even. Close. Re- yeah, nothing remotely. Okay, okay. He's like Cash landed his first gig, and I, I took my headset. And so I said, "Jeff, what would you say?" He's like, "Yeah, um, this guy uh, Jay uh, called here. He's putting on a show in a few weeks." Immediately, I knew who he was talking about. He nice. goes, yeah, he goes, it's a bodybuilding show. He wants four students to come work it. So I said, well, you're the perfect person for the job since you're in bodybuilding. And I'm just like, uh, damn, are you fucking kidding me? So, so you I'm got like, thrown back in the pool. There. Yeah, I'm like, I don't want to go to a bodybuilding show, right, dude. Right. Like, I don't want to be around this shit, period. So anyway, it was funny. So they send out the mandate. They're like, yeah, we want you all to wear khakis, a black polo shirt and sneakers and show up at eight o'clock with yada, yada, whatever. Okay. So I didn't own a pair of khakis. But I did have a couple business suits, and I was like, you know what? I'm fucking showing up there in a business suit, whatever. So when I walked into this big convention center where the show was, he spotted me. He's like, what the hell are you doing here? He's like, why are you not competing? Are you getting ready for a show? I said, man, it's a long story. I said, needless to say, I got health issues. I can't compete no more. He's like, well, he looked at the other three, and he said, look, y'all go backstage and run wires, work the cameras, whatever. He goes, Cash, come with me. We're going to get on the green screen. Jeez. So he brings me on a green screen. He's like, look, man. He's like, he's like. He's like, you know, I always like you. He's, <laughs> like, he's like, you look sharp. He's like, we're gonna, we want to bring something to this show other shows are not doing. I'm like, okay, what do you want to do? He's like, we see the green screen. He goes, every competitor that comes off a of stage for prejudging, let's give them like their 15 seconds of fame. Ask them a few questions, and we're going to line them up. We're going to get them on camera. They'll have like a little special moment. For them And that was all you So yeah I was like Oh I'm like Well this sounds a lot better Than running wires backstage And stuff So each one came up And I started asking them Different questions and stuff And it was amazing to me Feeling, How many uh, of them didn't know what the hell they were doing. Like they oh, was telling me things they did before prejudging and different stuff. And I'm just listening to this. And I'm, then I started giving my input. I said, man, you should have did this. You should have did that. Well, by the time the fifth person came up, he's like,
0: <laughs> you're over here coaching everybody. He's like, hey,
1: man, he's like, quit telling all these people this stuff. I said, what are you talking about, dude? I'm trying to help you out. He goes, he goes, yeah, but I paid a thousand dollars for my coach. And I didn't even get what you just told all these people. I said, really? Interesting. So sure enough, by the end of the night. Everything was a success. And Jay had told me, he's like, look, I'm putting on another show five weeks from now. Oh, I want sick. you to work the red carpet. By the time oh, that damn. show came around and that was a success, I, it started to, I got, it's like, I got back into it again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And That's started sick. picking up a few clients. And at that point, I ended up relocating back to New Orleans. And I only had, I kid you not, I think I had like three competitors at that time. Okay. And two of which did a show. Both of them won and that was pretty much it. It was like in 2009, 2010 where basically social media was just starting to come up yeah. and it was just a it was a perfect storm for me because it started with a few people, they had success, then they would tell their husband or wife, "Hey, you want to come aboard?" Then one of my is. childhood friends that I yeah. grew up with since we were in diapers, he's like, "Man, he's like I'm hearing about this new men's physique division. He's like, can you coach me? I'm like, yeah. He wins his show. Then he brings on his fiance. Then they both go to nationals, you know, getting pro cards. And then all of a sudden, I started picking up somebody in New York. Then I Dude. started picking up somebody in California. Then it was just within the next year, I had had over 40 competitors. That's awesome. And, and 10 of which went and got their pro card. Yeah, so yeah. it was just like but people Dude. ask me, I'm like, it, it was a lot of it, you know, I guess you could say, some people say there are no accidents. Some people say there are. It, it just kind of was like a perfect timing for me. And I ne- like if you would have asked me 10, 15 years ago, would you see yourself where you are today? No, I'd say I'd be on the Olympia stage. I never would have dreamt that I would have got into. I always worked with clients, but yeah, it was yeah. a secondary thing. Right. So that whole transition of me getting sick and having to to basically take myself out of the equation. It's no longer about you being the guy that's trying to build muscle and get better and better. It's now about you have to put what you've learned, your knowledge, your wisdom, everything into them and having them go to places, winning shows that you once dreamt of winning. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I had to, I had to cross, I had to cross that, you know, that fence sort of speak. Right. And honestly, man, looking back, like, you know, I have no regrets. I'm very blessed and thankful You know, people always say, what is your biggest failure? I say, my biggest failure is my biggest achievement, reward, I guess you could say, blessing, is me getting kidney disease because it led me to doing what I truly feel I was called to do. That This is my passion. This is what I love to do. And if I won the lottery tomorrow, I would still do what I do today. (laughs) I love it, man. I love taking people and getting the, the most out of them, taking them to places that they... Only dreamt of going and doing it in a short time period. Right. You know? So, so yeah. In a long, long story short, that's kind of how I got to where I am today. That's crazy, man.
0: Because the world gave you, even though you couldn't do what the, what you're coaching your competitors to do, yep. the world gave you this exactly. to take them onto the stage. Exactly, man. And mm-hmm. and I
1: love it. Like you know, I always tell people I said, you know, you know, because I've won shows as a bodybuilder, right? And you know, in that moment, don't get me wrong, it's an unbelievable moment, but it's kind of hard to really. Process it when you've dieted so hard for months and months. You've been training for years, and in that moment you announce the winner. it's Don't get me wrong; it's phenomenal. It's an unbelievable moment, but it's hard to even process it all because you're so tired, you're dehydrated, you're there, you're standing on stage, the lights is in your face, yeah. Like, you're tan. I even tell me i am saying it, it takes sometimes till like Tuesday, Wednesday the next week. You're like, yeah, oh, I really shit, want to I show. Was. But when I'm a coach. <laughs> in the audience and I have three or four people winning shows mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there looking at watching them, you know, like to me, man, it's just, it's an unbelievable thing. That's it's really, so crazy. you know, so yeah, I, I love it. Yeah. You know? That's awesome, man. So you, you brought up dieting. So there's one thing that I uh, really
0: wanted to talk to you about that I was fascinated about. And I, I know it's very true based behind science and all the amazing stuff that our body is capable of doing, especially in the competitive yeah. arena is that whole rebound phase. You say the the 2 to 3 weeks after stage are the most crucial, right? So Correct. why
1: is that? Well, it there's, there's, a, there's a there's a there's it's kind of 50 shades of gray in a okay. sense okay. because it is the most crucial if you dieted correctly. Okay. Okay. If you overdieted and really just kept eating less and less and less and less to where you're eating so around 1,000 calories, some people even less. I've, I mean, the, the thing, the horror stories that I hear from people, it's insane. So people it's, go underneath 1,000 Oh, yeah. I've it. actually had females in the past that have eaten 600 calories a day. A day? Yeah. That, not working with me. Like they're coming from somebody Jeez. else telling me what they're doing. That's you know? a bag of potato chips. Yeah. I'm just like, what are you eating? Like a boiled egg and, you know, some, water? Uh, some lettuce <laughs> and some water <laughs> and a, maybe a, a half a cup of oatmeal? Like, what, what are you eating? Oh, my I mean, gosh. That's crazy. So, yeah, I've heard some horror stories. So when you. When you're improperly dieting Mm -hmm. and what we call overworked, undernourished, when you're doing all this cardio and you're eating like a bird and you now try to rebound, well, yes. Will you put on muscle? Of course. You're going to put on muscle regardless because you're giving your body more nutrients and if you're training through it. But the problem is when you eat less and less and less like that. Even though you're shrinking and you're losing fat, you're losing muscle too. Whether you want to accept that or not, Mm -hmm. if you're eating less and less, you're going to whittle. You're becoming a smaller version. Yep. What happens is you trained your body throughout that dieting process to store to conserve its own fuel. So you actually slowed your metabolism down. So now you take that individual, and now they try to get on a rebound diet. They're going to gain a lot of fat and a lot of water. They're going to gain muscle, like I said, but. The rebound is not going to be nearly as much of a success. Got it. The way I diet people, and many coaches out there, uh, I'd like to think on the high level, they diet people. It's all about, I know in myself, it's the proper layout of meals throughout the day. So... When I look at someone with their dieting, I look at it from top to bottom. A lot of times, they're eating a lot of the right foods. Okay, A lot of times, their numbers are relatively close, meaning their macros, protein, okay. carb, fat, breakdown. Right. But there's no science to what they're doing. Like They're just taking, okay, we have uh, brown rice, oatmeal, sweet potatoes, maybe some white rice. We have chicken, turkey, fish, uh, red meat. Okay. And we're just okay. going to throw it at the wall and hope yeah. it all <laughs> sticks. And I'm going to work my ass off and my, I'm going to get the body I want. That's Got not... It. That may get you to a point, but that will never get you to your best. And there is a difference. And no control. There's no control. Exactly. So when I diet someone, it's all about the proper layout from top to bottom, what they're eating. So it's putting the right protein with the right carb at the right meal. Because what I'm doing is trying to optimize their metabolism to get their metabolism rolling to where when I'm dieting you down, we're not going to those crazy low numbers. You're constantly eating into the show. And my goal for everyone I work with they to have you ready basically two weeks out to the show anyway. So I'm feeding you into the contest. Mm. So now when the show is over, when same thing, the proper placements, but I add food and add different type of things, it's only speeding your metabolism up even yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. But because you're eating so much more food with the refeeds, that period of time, you're, you're anabolic. You're growing like rapidly. Massive. Two to three weeks. And, and I tell people this all the time, and they laugh at me when I first say it. And I'll say it to everyone. I'll, I'll say this forever. I was like, <laughs> I said, listen, like, when this rebound period starts, you're going to start it on Monday? Okay. By Wednesday, definitely by Thursday, I promise you, your pumps are going to be so insane, you may actually have to stop halfway through <laughs> your workout. And you're like, haha, yeah, whatever. I'm like, okay. Call me in four days and let me know how I go. And sure enough, they're like, "Dude, I was doing curls, man. I couldn't even pick up my arm. I felt like my bicep was going to explode." You're feeding because you're force feeding it all these nutrients, oh, man, hell yeah. and, the, and and the uptake is so high at that time. You know, just just the fact of when you're working out compared to when you're at rest in general, you're right. processing more nutrients. So between the diet that I put together for them, the rebound diet, right. and the things I have them doing during and around the workout from like different supplementation. the 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 progress is insane i mean i have probably if you go down my instagram page there's probably 20 different transformations during the rebound that you can see in a short time and granted are they putting on fat and water of course but the amount of fat and water for the reward of the muscle in fullness is so slim you know in in the other positive with the rebound that a lot of people don't understand, the rebound, not only are you going to make your best gains from from making progress, but the rebound, if this is something you're doing year after year after year, meaning competing, building a better body, it sets you up for a more successful off-season because by doing that rebound, you're basically setting the meter of your metabolism. You're bringing your metabolism up. So when you finish that two, three-week rebound period and you now want to transition into an off-season your your body is burning through more nutrients, so it 's going to allow you to stay leaner yeah. in the off season with eating higher food so you 'll better eat much more food staying relatively leaner where someone who overdied it right. and and, and uh, overworked themselves when they 're going to go through that rebound they they, they get uh, two weeks later they 're going to be like literally ready to jump off a bridge because they look horrible, they have fat water, and then they just spiral downhill. And before you know it, it's a month later. They're starting from scratch. right? And it's it's a wasted time. And nothing, I'm telling you, nothing pains me more than that when I see people that work their ass off, dieted so hard, and you see them a month after the show and they're unrecognizable in a bad way. Like they put on so much fat and water. Like did you go on stage? Yeah, and it's almost like, man, I just need to start back from scratch. That should never happen. But like I said, it all starts From where they started dieting, Mm. eating less and less and less. Same thing, on the other hand, those that do like a ketogenic diet. Oh, man. The second they eat carbs and sugars, they're going to swell up like a sponge and the weight's going to go up. So, yeah. And then they so, blame it. Exactly.
0: Yeah. That's crazy, bro. So there, So I've talked to a lot of competitors, coaches as well. Yeah. And um, I've talked to competitors who competed in the past, like bikini, um, majority female-based, um, But because obviously they have like the hormonal stuff, the menstrual cycles and stuff like that. They've died it down, just like you said earlier, they've died it down so hard to the point to where they have messed up all those hormones because yep. their body is yes. malnourished to the yes. extreme, yep. to the point to where the body can't even function the way it's supposed to. Yes. So if... If people were to do this correctly, you know, especially in the competition arena, yes.
1: these things they shouldn't really happen, right? They shouldn't happen. I mean, things can always happen with your hormones when right. it comes to that, but it should never be anything drastic uh, if you're properly nourishing yourself. And that's why I always say, you know, if you're going to do this, do it the right way. Don't rush it. You know, it's, don't rush it's, it. It's yes. a marathon. Look, I, I do. I do. I get people call me and they're like, I mean, this is not even competitors. I get people call me and say, hey, look. Uh, you know, my, my wife or my husband just surprised me. We're going on a cruise in two weeks. I haven't been dieting. I've been eating potato <laughs> chips. What do I do? Well, yeah, I'll put him on a crash diet because right. we, we, we're up against time, you know, and I'll have them do crazy amounts of cardio. But outside of a situation like that, like I've had competitors in the past that, you know, I remember one year with with uh, with Sadiq, we were, we were in the midst of our off season and he's like, man, muscle and fitness just called me. They want to shoot me in nine days.
0: So you're like, oh shit. You're we're like, like, oh to- shit, man.
1: Like, so we end up and it was crazy. We made so much progress in nine days that after he finished the shoot, we were like, hey man, uh, you know, <laughs> you ta- do- Tampa pros in four weeks. What do you think? I said, dude, let's do it. And we won, and that actually set us <laughs> up to go and we end up getting second at the Olympia, second in the world. But nice. it was it was all started because we had we were pressed against time. So outside of a situation like that, do this correctly, do it the right way, get with someone who you've seen him work with not just one type of person, multiple different type of yes, people Yes. in, in, you know, don't try to put the cart in front of the horse, you know, get started, get work on the first thing anyone should always do. It's all about getting that metabolism started. Yeah. You know, so quit thinking, you know, I want to go on a beach in two weeks, like do it right. Because if you do it right, you're going to be better off for it in all aspects later for number one, your results is going to be better mm. in the end. You're going to have more muscle and a harder and a better overall physique. But the other thing is that you're going to be able to maintain it easier because you didn't do it by cr- a crash diet. Right. Sustainable. You know, and, and that's the thing that I always talk about. I mean, even in my last episode on my on my podcast, I even said, I'm like, it's about achieving lasting results. Yeah. You know, and, and, and a lot, I mean, and I know some of that is psychological too, of course. I, I talk big on that. But if you know, even if you have the right mindset, if you're doing an improper diet and if you're overtraining, you could be the most positive damn person on earth. You're, 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 you're fighting a losing battle because yeah. you're actually, you're, you're running up a hill with a 200 pound lead vest on you when you don't have to do that. There's a more yeah, yeah. efficient way. So, you know, any of you out there that's hearing this, obviously New Year's is coming around. Look, do it the right way. Try to be smart about it. Work with someone who, you know, has proven results. And like I said, Focus on progress. Don't be don't be focused on the finish line. Each that's why I tell people. I Said, look, some weeks you're not going to have a whole lot of progress, but then the next week you will. Then the next week you start stacking successful week on top of successful mm-hmm. week on top of successful week. Mm-hmm. You get two three months in, you look back, you're like, holy shit, look how yeah. far I've come. It's no different than you take an airplane from New York to go to L A. You can move the dial two two degrees, and you can end up in Canada yeah. or Mexico, depending on which way you went. <laughs> like. So focus on that, the progress, and do it the right way. And in the end, you'll have a body that you can actually maintain instead yeah. of doing some crash 20-day diet that's going to, in the end, leave you worse off than you started. Yeah, because then what's next? Yeah. Like, what's after that? Nothing. It's nothing. Yeah, you're just going to go back. Exactly. Sometimes even worse. Some And many times worse. Yeah. You know, and, and it's... That's and it's, horrible, so man. It's, that's like a big mental fog It's right It's horrible. And what it does, from the mental aspect, it turns people off about dieting. Most people that... Don't eat like I'll, I posted about it the other day. I said uh, the start is what stops most people. Mm-hmm. Well, why is that? Well, a lot of it is because of past experiences with dieting. Maybe they did a. You know, I, I, t- I talked about that the other day. I said uh, you ask someone like, "Why you don't want to diet?" I've tried all the diets, man. I did them all. <laughs> really? You did them all? You did them all? Yeah. <laughs> how many? How many you did? Man, hundreds of them. Like fads though. Like, fad like But I'm like hundreds. Name them. Well, maybe like ten. Like, 10, okay, okay. No. <laughs> okay, give me a few of those. Well, I did the Atkins, I did South Beach, I, uh, you know, I tried, you know, I tried this one, uh, yeah. you know. I'm like, okay, so you tried a few diets for a few weeks, a few times, you didn't get the results you wanted, and you fell off, and now you think all dieting is wrong, yeah, and it keeps dude, you sidelined. And, that's and, crazy, and, and they don't want to, so They true. want to do it, and, and and some of them because they automatically begin knowing that they're not going to be able to maintain it, and is their efforts. Like, say, is the juice worth the squeeze? For the amount of effort they're going to have to put in, or are they going to reap the the reward? Right, and in right. their mind, no. no. The answer is no. Where if they did things the right way, the reward outweighs the process, in my opinion, tenfold. Right. The benefits that come with that. And we're not – I mean, think about it. And, and I know you've talked about this. Like, getting the body you want and being healthy, you can't even put a, a number on that. Like, how that affects – your work environment, your, oh, your, your social life, your relationships yes. with your husband, your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, yeah. your relationship with your kids, how you with interact yourself. with people. Yeah. yeah. Or a, just a subconscious level. You yeah. don't even realize. Like, you know, I know when I did my transformation, how I was the years I was overweight around my friends and, and people and then how I, I've been since. Like people like, like when I first got the weight off, they're like, man, you don't even seem like the same person. Now, consciously, was I aware of that? No. But that's what I'm saying. When you get your body where you want it and maintain it, the 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 results of that, the snowball effect of that how it bleeds over to everything else in your life. Like I said, it's second to none. And yeah. people need to really, those hard days, hard times, they need to use that as as their catalyst to keep them moving forward. Like right. Focus on the benefit you're going to get. Quit worrying about the fact you got to go to the gym at 6 o'clock this evening. Yeah, dude. You know? Exactly. Because
0: those are the small things, man. Yes. It's very tiny e- stuff. Exactly. Very exactly. tiny stuff. So you said... Okay, so we you crush the diet part, and you always do, man. That's so cool, it, especially whenever you talk about it in your social media posts or yeah. even in your podcast, bro. It's a, a, you dial in so hard into that because it's very important. Yes. But now going into, like, training. I, I read one of your uh, things that you said the other day, or maybe it was a, a while ago, but how you said, are you really trained to failure? Yes. So how – and I know people go into the gym and, they're hey, I'm going to do, you know, uh, four or five sets of 12, and, you know, I'm going to hope for – You know, muscle growth, because they read on, you know, an article or whatnot that says your rep range should be, you know, from 8 to 12 for muscle growth or whatever, you know. But obviously, you know that pushing to failure is always key, right? It's a beautiful thing to do because the muscle has so much more left
1: in it. Yes. So what is your point of view on just that, training to failure? Well, it's a great great question, and it's a great – I would say it's probably – I mean, because there's so many damn diets out there. So that's a whole – like I said, that's a whole world that you can go and – I mean, you could, be, you could have paralysis by analysis and say, well, do I go this way, that way, this way? But when it comes to training, I think most people, you know, my training is my foundation. Like when I first started working with clients back in 2003, you know, it was primarily per, like training them. And in and some of those, I helped with the nutrition. Right. And the problem that would piss me off is that the ones that really didn't get the nutrition part because they didn't want it. They want to do their own thing they really made little progress. Yeah. You know, and, and I tell me, you got to put the best of everything. But when it comes to just training, you know, and, and as of late, those of you who follow me, like you mentioned, like I've been doing a lot more uh, hands-on-hands, you know, professional training. That's good, uh, You know, with people out here, out here in Houston, Texas. Yeah. h uh, Yes, that's it. So <laughs> I would say that most people, most, and this is not everyone, but most when it comes to training intensity, have no fucking clue what training intensity is about. Right. They I have, I 100% they, agree. They have no, they sit there and they want to say, I'm training I'm hardcore. Burned. I'm going all in. I'm passing out at the finish line. Come train with me. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll see what your training intensity is. I've taken so many, I'm talking about guys on a high, I'm talking about even pros. Right. And, right. I, and they're like, man, I'm going all out. They come train with me and I push them through a threshold and they're like, dude, like, what the fuck did you just do to me? Like, right. they'll do shoulders with me. Which is the, to me the easiest workout of all the body parts, you know, shoulders and arms, sort of speak. And they're like, dude, I'm more beat than I would do on leg day, <laughs> you know, because oh, it's geez. all about pushing through that threshold. Like when right. most people say, "I'm going to get that one extra rep," not with me. I'm going to push you beyond that. Yeah, we're going go yeah, 10, especially on legs. When it, when it comes to legs, I don't think hardly anyone is training legs to their capability. You know, seventy-five percent. I would say, and I'm giving I'm giving people the benefit here. Uh-huh. I would say most don't even hit seventy-five percent of what they're capable of, and 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 oh and the average, the average, the majority, I would say, is not even half. Right, right. So Jeez. you you know, so many people when it comes to body parts, they think every body part is to be trained the same for maximum hypertrophy. They think to build on to build a good set of biceps. The way they train with the rep range and the tempo is the same as they should train their quads or their hamstrings or their back. And, oh, and honestly, that. every body part responds differently. Yeah, you absolutely. know, some body parts you have to do more, I don't want to say lightweight, but more moderate to light, like more for focus, squeeze, right? focus yeah. on okay. squeezing, you know, isolation. isolation. Exactly. Where some body parts, you need some of that in the, in the actual whole workout, but you need to have a lot of heavy compound you know things and it comes down to you know drop sets partial reps pause Whoa. reps oh, man. all these things that i do with people that when i first tell somebody what it's going to be like training with me they immediately think because they know it's the words out on the street like yeah this this dude is fucking killing people and they automatically think like man i'm at the lift real heavy i'm like no I'm not gonna make you. I'm not gonna break your back. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna injure you. Yeah. I'm, I'm knock on wood. Right. In 17 years of training people, I've never injured anyone right. ever in a gym. So when people like want to say, "Oh man, it's foolish what you're doing. You're, you're trying to kill people." I've never injured anyone. Right. No one's ever had a torn quad, torn pack, torn bicep, torn tricep working with me. But it's a certain method. High high intensity blood volume training that is putting so much blood mm. into that muscle in that time period. Most of my workouts are forty five minutes, an hour max. Yeah, it's so much in there that you're tearing down the fascia. And if you couple that with the proper diet, your results will be second to none. Right. You know. Now, granted, you can't train like that and eat like we talked about yeah. earlier, McDonald's malnourished, yeah, yeah, or, or, or even Fletcher eating shit. Yeah, 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 and think you're going to get great benefits. Right. You're not. But yeah, man, the training intensity. Um, I'm very. It, it, you can't, you got to throw everything at body parts. You can't just. So many people just go in the gym and do the same 8, 10, 12 twelve rep bullshit. A lot of people too train their freaking ego. Yeah, they're in yeah, there. Yeah, I, yeah. I watch them on legs. I see it all the time over at the gyms over here that I train out of. I, I see bet a guy, you do, dude. <laughs> and They put they got five, six plates on both <laughs> sides, and then they come down. They doing like almost a knee bend, and then they come up. And then they lock it out for like 20 seconds. And then they come down halfway and they come back up. I'm like, dude. are like, yeah, dude. I could <laughs> take, you got six plates on each side. I could put two plates on each side. And ruin and, your legs. And make you cry and vomit. Yeah. Like literally to the point where you're going to feel like your legs are going to rip. Like, I'm telling you, because when I was exposed to this training 17 years ago, I thought the same thing. I was like, I'm screaming. I'm like, I'm telling my mentor, I'm like, my fucking quad's going to (laughs) tear. It's going to tear. He's like, and, 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 you know, I don't talk to, if I talk to the people that I, the way he talked to me, they would, they would fire my ass. He would tell me, he's like, shut the fuck up. He's Uh like, he's like, he's like, I've been doing this shit for years. He goes, I know what your body can handle. You don't know what your body can handle. And he was so right. He was so right. And that's why, like, when I'm training someone, And they want to tell me like I'm looking at their mechanics. I'm looking at how their body's responding through the first five, six reps. Then the next several reps. Then the reps after, and they want to tell me I'm giving you everything. I'm like, no, No, you're not. not. Yeah, no, you're not. I appreciate your work ethic, and you're killing it right now. But there is another level, and there's a level on top of that level.
0: How do you? Because you have to. Because like for example, me and you, right? We're training. You're training me, all right? and, And you're pushing me, bro. And and I'm I'm at that point to where like, dude, I can't, man. And you're like, dude, no, you can't. When how do you help someone get there?
1: Well, it's number one. You got to. It's like it's almost like it's it's like a it's like another language, so to speak. Like when I'm looking when That's I all psychological. I, 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 it's it's a lot of it's psychological. It's a lot of stuff that I've just acquired year years and years of doing this. Looking at when you see someone and you're looking at how the muscle is firing. Mm. You look at the speed of the tempo. So I'm looking for certain things. Certain traits that there's patterns to how you're training. So a lot of times, like when I first train someone the first time, it's going to be probably the hardest workout they ever went through. But you I, I but, but I'll tell them. I'll say, you know, not to put a numerical number on it, but if we're <laughs> going to go one to ten, I say, you know, what you just saw was like a one. What a one! I said. I said yes. I said I'm just getting a feel for you Mm -hmm. and studying your body. Yes, yes. So now the next time I bring them in, I've seen how they're the patterns and everything. So I'll see them push five or six reps at a certain tempo. And then they'll start to, to bog down where they're not moving that's at the how, same that's speed. How it always goes. And, and, and psychologically they're getting beat. Yes, yes. They're like, oh, they, now it's, they're moving a little slower. Oh, can and, and all You're of a sudden I'll say it. something to them. Then they're moving back at the same pace they were moving earlier. So what does that tell me? You're in your head. Yeah. You can oh, do yeah. more. Yeah. You're you gotta think your body, your brain is our brain is hardwired to literally keep us from danger and fear. Yes. So when you're on the fucking leg extension or the leg press and I'm literally destroying you, <laughs> your brain is like, no, let's stop, yeah, stop, stop, yeah. stop, 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 stop. <laughs> and and I'm like, no, tell that fucking voice to shut the fuck up. Like, you're not work. done. We got work to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm giving you everything. And then all of a sudden, I, and I get it, you know, I use whatever I can in my toolbox and I tell them stuff and then I get them moving again. And, and, I, and at the end of the workout, I explain all this to them like, you realize you now see you was not giving me your everything mm. that was fear that was pain that was that you know that threshold that you were not willing to go through mm. you 're not conditioned yet mentally to mm. go through that. We can get to that point, but it 's stages like i said that 's why i say you 're on, on a one out of ten yes yes, you may never see a ten, very people will you may never see a seven, but guess what i 'm going to take you. F- far beyond what I guarantee you, you could have done on your own natural ability. And that's my whole job. Like when I take someone on, I want to take them to a point that I know, no, they could never even be in the same zip code of what they could have done without me. Right. And that's really what it is. It's about pushing them through that threshold. And it's amazing. You know, if you talk to anyone who's worked with me for a long period of time Mm -hmm. that trained with me, you know, um, there's several pros like i said i don't want to say their name drop but they 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 if they, will, they all say the same thing even if they've never talked to one another they're like they like dude that kind of training from a mental standpoint what it does it has Whoa. you a different outlook on other things in life because yes. it makes you realize yes. am i really giving it my all when i say i'm tired yes. when i'm coming home from work like it's almost like some kind of basic training kind of uh-huh. shit where what it does to you mentally you know and, and it did that for me mm-hmm. i mean the first couple of times I was exposed to it, I mean I was a kid, man, I was 19. I would go back to my apartment at that time and I would think about I'm like, man, like, do I really want a bodybuild? Like mm-hmm. if I got to go through this shit, man, tennis and golf and uh, checkers is looking good <laughs> right now. Checkers. Like seriously. And then after a few weeks of going through it, you know, you it, you you embrace the challenge and you realize that there are, you're unlocking levels mentally of your mental toughness. Man. You know, your muscle endurance And and honestly, man, like I said, that's why I say I have no regrets, because that training that I went through in those early years has helped me in so many other areas of my life. You know, when you think you're done, when you think it's time to, you know, tap out. No, you're not done. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's and I would say that to me that of all the things I do. I take so much pleasure in that to give that to somebody to yes, take them yes. to to help them get through those stages to where they now are mentally different. Mm-hmm. And you know and and they'll and they'll talk about this shit to the day they die. Yep. Just like I'm talking about it now yep. 17 years later since I was exposed to mm-hmm. it. So, you know. Absolutely. Dude. That's uh dude, I think all of, that's why it's so great to have a coach as well because you
0: know, whenever you have someone else, someone's not going to put on pain to themselves as much as somebody else would to no. them. So, and it's crazy because, um, you know, okay, for example, okay, so I served in the Army for four years, right? Mm-hmm. And I was a paratrooper. We jumped out of planes. I was super cold because I was in Alaska. So we're freezing, dude. We'd be out there, jump, and we'd be out there in like negative five-degree weather, and it's just cold. And I've been to the point to where you lose all feeling to your hands, your yeah. feet, and stuff like that, right? So, and you're not eating. They don't feed you. We got stuff to do. We got a mission to accomplish, right? So, um, you know, whenever you get to those areas, you know, you – because normal people – me before, I would be like, you know what? I would be – I want to be cozy in my bed. You know, yeah. I want to be nice. I yeah. want to sleep in. do I want to be nice and warm. I want my blanket on top of me. You know, I <laughs> want this and I want to be nice and warm uh, comfortable. But whenever I get pushed to my – you know, a place where I'm uncomfortable, I was able to – I would have never thought I could do stuff that I did. You know, and I never thought my body would be able to do that because obviously, like you said – and even uh, David Goggins said too, you know, uh, we only like hit about 20% of our brain power. Yep. You know, and it's like, dude, what the other 80%? Yep. And some people die like that, dude. Yep. They don't even attack the other 80%. No, no. Because just like you said, danger and fear, man, pain, that's something that always and, stops and, somebody from going yeah. just an extra mile.
1: No, it is. I, I, mean, I, love, I love David Goggins, man. That dude's a beast. I've, I yeah, got all, is, all his stuff. Bro, shit, did you see but, he did, a I think, a 200-mile run well, you, on you, Thanksgiving? You, you, did, you just took the words out of my mouth. Think about it. Okay, that's why... Okay, back to the working out. I'm mean, gonna use what you just said as an example, and because I just one of my one of my guys uh, Taylor, I was just training the other day. He looked at me and he said, "He goes, coach, I'm am giving you my all." And I said, "Look, you're not." I said, "And I'm not knocking you. I'm not. Bro, I'm not trying yeah, to come down on working, you. Keep working, bro." I said, I'm, we, I'm gonna t- "We're going to keep getting better." I said, mm-hmm. "I said, let me tell you something." I said. You probably don't, know, and he's he's actually ex-military. I said, "Oh, nice." I said, "I don't, you know, who David Goggins is." I said, "But you better, you go freaking find out who he is." I said, "Because <laughs> what I'm about to tell you is a perfect analogy for this." I said, "Okay, this man runs 200 miles nonstop." I said, "Now think about it. At mile 20, do you think there's a part of his brain telling him Bro, stop, my, t- stop. My, knees, legs, my leg, my leg, yeah. my legs, my ankles, my shins, I'm my fucking heels.'" I'm stop fucking stop David stop let's stop just pull off just stop for a little bit man. we could get back on it do you think that exists yes
0: absolutely but
1: he goes to 200 miles or even when he started with the 96 miles and all I said it's the same thing when I got your ass on the back squat or the leg press or the leg extension or the lunges when that voice is in your head telling you to stop you think that is your actually dead like that is your you're you're up at the top (laughs) of the ceiling no you're not that's what that's the voice telling you just like when you're doing cardio and you're on there and you're fucking dying on the stairs and you're like, ah, I'm at 26 minutes. Let me just stop now. I can't make it to 30. No, you could fucking make it to 30. You can make it to an hour. You know, when you're dieting and you're eating and you're like, oh, man, I, I just want, I, need, I need a pizza. I need fast food. Like I said, right you know, the, I just talked about this on my last podcast and I probably could have covered it even more like the most crucial conversations we ever going to have the most impactful conversation you're ever going to have is the one you have with yourself and you have it all damn day. Ah, damn. And, and, and and when you have that, when you have that little voice in your head, when it's late at night telling you, I don't want to go home and crack eggs. I don't want to go eat avocados or almond butter or whatever it is you're eating at night. Look, man, look, look, there's Sonic right there. There's, you know, there's Taco Bell. Look, Look, it's only Wednesday. I mean, look, if we eat bad tonight, we can get okay, back on right. it tomorrow and push yeah. hard Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and and you start you start negotiating with yourself. Once you start negotiating with that voice in your head, you fucking lost. Yep. It's over. Yep. It's game over. Don't and, even talk back to and, it. And, and what's crazy is in that moment because you're trying to sell yourself. Yeah. In that moment, <laughs> you're like, yeah. okay, I'll do it and I'll get back on it tomorrow. But we all know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You're going to do it on Wednesday. Tomorrow's Thursday. You get back on it and you're like, same shit. It's already Thursday. You know what? I'm just going to enjoy myself for the weekend, Monday, and we get back on it. And what happens? What happens most of the time? That person is going to eat so much shit over the weekend because they're like, I'm starting on Monday. I got to get it all in. I got to go get these pastries. I got to get it all in. Then Monday comes, and guess what? By Wednesday, the same shit is happening. Yeah. They've fallen off, and that person who was a couch potato, say 220 pounds— now is starting to diet and they're actually gaining weight because they're on this roller coaster ride negotiating with themselves. And that's why I say like, you can push through. Sometimes you just got to tell that voice in your head to shut the fuck up. It is what it is. And, is. and, And you got to fight through it. And I call it conditioning. You have to condition yourself mentally, emotionally, physically that when life hits you in the face, when you're feeling tired, what do you do? When someone comes to you and says, I'm an emotional eater. Yeah, you know, I'm a stressful eater. I'm an emotional eater. You know what that person is telling you? First of all, it's fucking bullshit. Number two, they're telling you they have conditioned themselves that when life hits them in the face, when they deal with a breakup, when they lose their job, when someone dies, what do they do? They go to the comfort zone, and they choose to eat poorly. They break their diet. That is conditioning. They have conditioned themselves. Conversely, someone who... Someone dies in a the family. They go through a breakup. They take that energy, that emotion, and they harness it, and they go to the gym. So the same circumstances, two different people, two different outcomes. Yes. Okay? Absolutely. And that's why the quote says, the same boiling water that hardens the egg softens the potato yeah softens the, it, the potato that's it it's not it's not your circumstances it's how you respond mm-hmm. and it's how you're conditioned to respond that's why some people could go eat in a restaurant with a group of people that's eating pizza and bread and butter on a table and they can look at it like i don't want that shit yeah exactly they've conditioned themselves they know what's their outcome what they're trying to achieve mm-hmm. what's the end result and they know what that 10 minutes of satisfaction is going to do to them and yeah. therefore they don't want it right because it's 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 long-term gratification is
0: over instant gratification. Exactly. Right. You want exactly. that long-term, sustainable, yep. long-lasting. And even if, even if you are, because sometimes people look, I'm pretty sure sometimes people look at you crazy too, but yo, bro, why are you dieting so hard, man? Why are you like, you can have this or why are you training so hard? You can take a day off and it's like, this is me doing it for myself. Like yes. I'm trying to train not just my yeah. body, but my internal self, my mind. Exactly. And I know I can have this. Dude, I can put my hand out right now. I can grab it. I can put it in my mouth. I can
1: eat it. Easy. Yep. Right? It doesn't yep. take no it's a effort. a choice. You could easily do it. Exactly. But, but what are the ramifications of that and, and, and from a psychological standpoint? when i always say that every time you break your diet and i'm not talking about scheduled cheat meals that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about when you are eating when you know you're not supposed to you're breaking <laughs> a promise to yourself yes. so and you know that so you're regressing two different ways you're regressing from the, the negative results visually that you're going to get from keep on cheating maybe your belt side, you you got to got to loosen up that belt you know different different size clothes but also psychologically you know that you broke a promise to yourself, and what it does, it it brings your self confidence down. Mm-hmm. I mean, confidence to me, a big part of it comes from keeping promises to ourselves, knowing that when you say you're going to do something, you're going to fucking do it. Yep. When you keep breaking that, psychologically, you keep taking a hit, and every time now you start, you want to diet again. You're starting from an insecure, broken psychology standpoint where you're not even certain that you're going to stick to it. Yep. And guess what? If you at- you're attacking. New Year's resolution, everyone's coming around the corner. If you go into January and you have that mindset like, well, I don't even know if I'm going to make it through the week. Well, guess what? You're not going to yeah. make it through the damn week. You're already lost. You're already lost. Mm-hmm. You know? And when you know, when you have a pattern and a history of breaking promises to yourself, you've you got to come to a standstill where you're like, look, that's in the past. You've got to figure out what the hell you want and the reasons why you want it. Okay? And as I've talked about before, and I'll say this to the day I die, You have to get into enough in your current situation, enough physical pain, discomfort, whether that's just from a mental standpoint of discomfort of where I am at the moment with your physique, that the pain of that, that current discomfort has to outweigh the pain of the process it's going to take to get you to the goal. Number one, you got to know what the goal is. Yep. What, what are we trying to achieve? 30 right. pounds, 50 pounds? Want to get on stage? Want to do a photo shoot? Want to get married? Look good at my, my tuxedo, my wedding dress, whatever that is. The pain of your current situation has to outweigh the process it's going to take to get to that finish line. And until you get to that point, stop bullshitting yourself and say you're, you're there. Until you get there... You're never going to consistently do this, right. and that is the biggest thing that holds people back. Absolutely, and you if know? it's bugging you, yes, if, then it's you.
0: It's already been over exactly. the, the process point because if it's bugging you, then that pain is already stronger than the actual journey. But you just got to realize it, exactly, and not, and not settle for that pain. Exactly, Jeez, cash, bro. This has been a great. Freaking energy. Dude, you have so much passion in what you do and I love how you talk about Thank the you, body man. and progress and not just that but the mental aspect yes. of it all. I have found that the best freaking coaches out there are the ones that put their heart and soul into their clients, competitors, whatever it is. Not only that but on a mental level, dude. Yes. And
1: you crush that, bro. Well, no, I appreciate that. And and I, and that's always been my thing, you know, especially the the you know, the past 5 plus years I've gotten so big into the psychology aspect of it because I've worked with so many people and I've seen things that have screwed them up. Yep. You know, the, those that have fallen off or whatever, and it always comes back to psychology. It's it's either it's a psychology or it's it's a it's a thing with their belief system yep. where they for whatever reason, how they were brought up, they their so, their so like their inner circle, people they've been around, whether it's telling them they can't achieve this, they can't achieve that, well why don't you quit trying so hard, all these things, it holds them back. So you know, whenever you're going to try to build your best body, the body can't go where the mind doesn't, Its mind's not willing to yep. go. So you have to be in the right, have the right viewpoint of yourself and the realistic expectations of what you, the journey, what you're about to embark on. And that's key. You know, a lot of like back to New Year's resolution, you know, have realistic expectations, set high goals, but don't set unrealistic ones. Like right. don't go into January and say... You don't want to lose 40 pounds in January, because here's what's going to happen. (laughs) You may lose 20, and is that great? That's phenomenal, 20 pounds. But because you set an unrealistic expectation, you're going to get to January 30 at 31, and you're going to say, man, I only lost 20. Man, the juice is not worth the squeeze. Like, all this work I put in, shit on this diet, and I'm going back where if you would have set a realistic expectation, you're now continuing to go on, so... You know, my biggest thing is, yes. Yeah, set high goals, know where you're going, but also appreciate the process. You know, so many people, you know, that are especially on a pro level, they never appreciate where they are currently. Yeah, ama- It's not until they're done years later. You know, and people ask back. me, like, what, like, what, what, what would you say to your younger self if you could go back? I'd say appreciate how I looked. Mm-hmm. I never appreciated how I looked because I thought this was going to be something I was going to do for 20 more years. Right. I never thought my bodybuilding career was going to end at twenty two years old, mm. so I always was so set on where I want to get down the road that i didn 't even really bother appreciating where I was and I hear so many people man it 's like they're constantly and, and, I, and I get it it 's great to always be looking forward, keeping your eyes on the prize, yeah, but yeah. also appreciate how far you 've come right you know like you if you're going st- to climb a staircase a hundred floors. You know, some people might be starting at zero, but when you're at 40, appreciate that you've gone from zero to 40. Absolutely. You know, but if you're not at 100, people are just depressed. They're like, fuck, I, I hate the I way I look. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a loser. Yeah. No, you're not. You've made progress and you're going to continue to make progress. Right. appreciate where you are and how far you've come and why you started in the first place.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Dude, my point of view on that, man, is if people are starting on New Year's Day, you know, like, hey, I'm going to start, I'm going to lose 20 pounds, whatever the case may be, even a simple goal as, dude, I'm going to show up to the gym three times a week for this whole fucking month, like, even that, to me, is progress. dude. Because now you're mentally, it is. You're conditioning your schedule, your lifestyle to go around this gym session or workout session. Even
1: that is progress alone in my book. Yeah, you're making time Time you're getting structured and and like I said you know that usually bleeds over to other things in your life oh yeah because it's going to get you more you're going to look at your day differently you know you're going to look at well I'm, it's mid morning now it's lunch it's mid afternoon instead of just going into each day letting the, letting the tide take it's you where by. you want to go no rudder you know I mean it's 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 you know are you being are you being reactive or are you being proactive yeah How, yeah, or, yeah are you are you are you basically chasing a day or are you fucking dominating the day? <laughs> and, that, and there's a big difference. And once you yeah. start structuring your day, you can attack it and move and where day after day you start stacking success on top of success. And you're going to get somewhere. You're going to be in a different place. And I don't care. Like so many people say, well, oh, yeah, but my genetics are shitty. That doesn't matter. Yeah. You still can make progress. There's mm-hmm. no one out there that cannot make progress. I don't care if your mom and dad weighed 400 pounds and it had all kind of health issues, whatever. You can make progress. Yes. Quit lying to yourself right. and believing that and taking that on as a limiting belief. Absolutely. That's going to keep you sidelined. Yeah, you know?
0: dude. Dude. All right.
1: Everyone listening right now, I know you're feeling the freaking
0: passion that he's spit into this mic right now. So if if anyone right now, man, is wondering like... They're asking questions or they want to know something or they want to maybe work with you or whatnot. Where's like the
1: best place for these people to find you? Well, I do have a website. Uh, It's CashGidry.com, BodiesByCash.com. But most people, I would say truly uh, probably 98% of the people that come to work with me all hit me up through Instagram. Nice. So, I mean, I I think I'm the only Cash Guidry, K-A-S-H-G-U-I-D-R-Y on uh, social media. So you can find me there. And uh, shoot me a DM. And like I said, no matter what your background is, you know, a lot of people, they see me post all these competitors. And and one of the biggest questions I always get when people inquire to work with me is that they're like, man, do you work with non-competitors? I'm like, of course I do. I said, I would say almost half the people I work with on a year-in, year-out basis are non-competitors. You know, I work with type 1, type 2 diabetics. I work with obese children. I work with those that are in remission from cancer that need to gain 50 pounds of quality size. You know, I work with athletes, you know, so – no matter what your, what your goal is, what you're trying to achieve, obviously it all comes down to nutrition. And, of course, doing the right things in the gym, working hard, but doing not working smarter, not harder. You know, you don't have to be in the gym three hours a day. But <laughs> if you're in there 45 minutes to an hour, you better be doing the right things, yeah. executing it the right way to receive the best results. So if you're looking to take it to the, you know, the next level, whatever that is for you, um, it all comes down to, like I said, when I start working with anyone, I evaluate where we're starting from their background where they are and what we're trying to achieve and i don't sugarcoat anything i'm gonna tell you yeah. realistically what i know you can achieve in what amount of time and like that you're going into it with realistic expectations you know and it's coming and I, I could assure you what I'm telling you is worst case scenario. You're gonna at least hit what I tell you. You know, and a lot of times when I tell people, they thinking like it's like best case scenario. Like I'll say I can put on 10 pounds of muscle on you in this amount of time. Like really? Like I'm like, yeah, that's worst case. <laughs> worst I'm gonna have you there because I'm not gonna tell you something, and then you get halfway there and you're like, man, I never even got you know. So, but uh, but yeah, if you're looking to do that, like I said, you can find me there. Or uh, or at my website. Nice, and
0: he's also got his own podcast, right? Just results.
1: Just results podcast. Yeah. Yes, I started it. Uh, I started it in January of 2019. So come this January, I'll be two years running now, and uh, had a lot of great guests. I mean, yes. as I said earlier in this episode, you know, I, I come from a broadcasting background. And uh, even though I wanted it to be in sports, <laughs> never thought it would take me back to bodybuilding, uh-huh. and it was something that was always on the back of my mind. I mean, I would I would came on shows, did interviews and stuff before I had my podcast, and a lot of people would always say, "Man, like, like, man, you, you like, you want to like do a radio show or this and that? Have you ever done that?" I'd just chuckle. I said, "Yeah, actually, I used to do that. I used to host a show called On Deck in Atlanta, Georgia, but it was all sports." Yeah. Like, so it was always on the back of my mind. It's something I, I needed to do, and I finally did it, and I love it, man. I, I love. I love bringing people on like we're doing yeah. here and Hell just, yeah. you know, putting things out there, nuggets that I know can help people. Absolutely. You know, and like I say, I'm like, look, it's, you know, my podcast is free, it, but it, like refer it to a friend. If you know it can help someone, you know, refer it over to them. Like, Absolutely. It's not going to cost you anything no. to do that. You're helping someone and, and we don't know, like we think we know what other people's situations are, what they're dealing with. You don't know, like something like that. They hear one line, one little nugget, can completely have give them a paradigm shift where they now look at things differently. I get messages all the time from people saying, "Man, that really resonated with me. Thank you so much for this and that." And that's why I do it, man. You know, for that there alone, like I get a freaking high off of that. Like, knowing that you know someone out there is dealing with some troubles, and here we are. You know, they got something from it. And like I said, man, to me, that's it's the to, to the 10th degree you know? yes
0: dude absolutely alright everyone so all, everything that he said his Instagram his website his podcast we're going to put in the links down below for the, uh, in the show notes of this podcast episode um, also on YouTube as well and uh, for anyone out there right now who has grabbed value in this episode I'll be asking you to simply shout out to your best friend your gym buddy your mom, dad, brother cousin, your neighbor somebody because just like he said man You know, if someone right there outside is listening and you have grabbed value and somebody else needs it, because just like he said as well, you don't know someone else's life condition. You don't know what's going inside their mind. You know, people commit suicide all the time and people always say, dude, I never saw it coming. So you never know what someone's thinking. So share the episode out. Go to his podcast. He's got amazing episodes. I listened to it just yesterday, three of them back to back. So it was crazy. So um, I I recommend it highly. Um, He's a great coach. Obviously, you already know passionate about this stuff but as usual y'all i'm your host coach matt guest speaker cash gidry and as usual y'all get out there train hard live strong all right everybody peace